podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and you're listening to Accenture Podcast or something like that. My today's guests are Jen and Chris Hansen, and the topic will be uh, martial marriage. So how it is to be a spouse to a crazy martial artist, crazy in a positive way. Uh, I, I, I count myself to be positively crazy as well, but Chris is on the other, another level. we're gonna start with the introductions we're gonna do the polish way so the ladies first jen could you tell us something about yourself uh hi my name is jen um i like chris i'm an elementary school teacher um and as well we we do share a similar interest i know his is martial arts um from my interest is in fitness so i i teach group fitness classes uh i've been doing it for for quite a while and I also um, teach courses to certify people who are interested in teaching group fitness. So I, I think in a way um, we share that interest in, in movement, music and and I guess uh, just mindfulness as well. So yeah, it's a little bit about myself. Thanks. Chris, can you tell us about yourself? A shorter version because I think everybody knows you're a teacher. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chris Hansen, um, I'm a school teacher as well. That's my uh, day job. My side gig is martial arts and my, my, uh, passion as well. Um, I've been, I've been cross-trained in different arts, but my main art is, uh, karate and Kempo. Um, and, uh, I've just been enjoying the journey, uh, meeting different martial artists and training different systems only to realize that we're all pretty much uh, you know, share the same biomechanical principles and we're one big family. Um, and I, I'm just enjoying my life, uh, with, with all of this, uh, cross training now. Uh, it's, especially with COVID, it's opened up a lot of avenues for meeting, meeting people online and all these things. So yeah, just having a good time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, you know, I'm a passionate about cross training as well, and as well using the fitness as the as a vehicle to um, improve our mobility and stuff like that. I'm a personal trainer as well. Good, good for you. Um, and I, I spoke with Chris because there was a possibility that we're gonna go move to Canada. So he was referring to uh, convert my qualification via your your job. Um, so that's something on the card if UK gonna go down the hill, but we'll see. At the moment, we're holding on. We're holding on. Yeah. Uh, can you guys tell me how did you met and was there martial art involved in it? <laughs> um, well, actually, it's interesting because we're both teachers. Uh, it just randomly we in the summer when you some teachers they if they want to upgrade and get additional qualifications they take courses. Mm-hmm. So for myself, uh, I was I had time, so I I was taking a planning to take a course called it's a reading specialist part. Mm-hmm one and uh yeah he was in the same class and we ended up in the same group working on the same project and i had no idea that he was into martial arts at all Uh, i guess in the time that we met martial arts wasn't really part of a commonality or anything 
Uh, and but then as as I got to know him, I realized how how passionate he was and serious and what he was about that hobby. So you can, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We met we met in a in a class in a class. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really tell her about martial arts till like I didn't know. I don't know a couple <laughs> months in. <laughs> yeah, well, you found that pretty cool though, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do remember one time he would say that. Uh, actually, when I asked him how he got into teaching, he told me that he met this friend online and when that friend came to visit him so that they could practice their i guess sparring together he I found out that, that his I friend that was motion. I yeah that. yeah and i always use that as a, <laughs> it's a common thing his friend told him that he was a teacher and i think at that time chris was in transitioning from one job to another when he met this friend who was into martial arts the friend said why don't you come into my class and volunteer. And uh, Chris decided to volunteer in the classroom. And then the more they got to know each other, the more Chris realized that this friend would be a great training partner. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew about martial arts because that friend is in our, I guess, teaching circle. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. How did you Jen, get involved in the uh, fitness side of things? Um, I guess when I was young, I had asthma and a long time, like back then, asthma wasn't, there wasn't a lot of research about asthma. So my doctor would always just say, go swimming and do, go, go exercise. So at my school, cross country running was a very, something that I did all the time and I really enjoyed it. And swimming too, I would swim for long distances and I found it helped with my asthma. Like I, it was exercise induced. So by funny enough by doing the exercise it forced me to uh regulate my breathing mm -hmm. so swimming helps me with my rhythmic breathing and the the, the running helped me with uh, the breathing as well and i guess uh, all throughout high school and um elementary school i was very i loved moving but it wasn't until university i took this group fitness class it was some cardio kickboxing class or something yeah i think it was called kickboxing and i remember taking the class as a participant and then I would watch the instructor and I really I admired her so much and I was in my head I was thinking you know what I want to be like her I want to I want to be in front of a group and I want to motivate and and I didn't know that story yeah I want to yeah. motivate and and you know lead <laughs> that's a new one lead participants through the workout and all that so secretly I think I would take her classes because I just wanted to be like her and then when I graduated uh I signed up for CamFit Pro is a huge fitness organization in Canada. They mm -hmm. offer education and they certify uh, people to be fitness instructors. So when I was in my 20s, I decided to take a class. But uh, sadly, and not, sadly, the person who was supposed to evaluate me, she passed away. Mm -hmm. So I never really went through with it. The first I did. Yeah, I never went through with it. I had the theory part I passed and then for some reason, I managed to get a few fitness gigs mm -hmm. um, without my true certification. But then when I got a full-time job teaching, I decided to quit because I didn't think I could balance work and teaching group fitness on the side. Um, and then I met him and I, we went, I went through a whole 10 years without fit teaching fitness. Mm -hmm. And then finally, after having my, my daughter, 
before going back to work full time, I said to myself, you know, I really, I really, that's one thing I really miss teaching adults group fitness. So I redid the course again. And then I just applied to different community centers and I started off as a substitute fitness instructor. And then later on, they gave me more classes. And then, you know, it took years to, to get into the, into that kind of fitness industry. Mm -hmm. um, and then after five years, I thought, you know, I want to give back and I want to teach and mentor people who are interested in doing what I do on the side. And so, um, I decided to be a pro trainer for Canva pro and, and that's my way to sort of give back, I guess. Sure. That's great. Yeah. That's how I got into fitness. Yeah. Chris, can you remind us uh, your way into the karate world? What made you wake up in the morning and go, yes, I'm going to go karate. Oh, uh, it was, uh, something that was forced upon me. I, I know you and I talked about this in our previous, uh, uh, chats. But uh, yeah, in a nutshell, the, the small story is uh, I grew up in, uh, in, in, a, in a part of Toronto, uh, it's called Scarborough, um, and I'd say in the late 60s, early 70s, maybe early 80s even, around that time period, was a very racially tense time. Um, uh, there was a lot of racial tension against Chinese and, and things like that, and uh, I was bullied a lot in school. So my dad said, listen, uh, you're either going to do hockey or or karate kick a pick and i said no i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do hockey because all, all my bullies are in hockey so i i i don't want to go there i i uh, want to do this karate thing whatever that is so he he yeah so he put me in a, a 20 week community center course um uh and uh oh man it was scary in the beginning but uh i fell in love with it almost second class in because i just started to see first of all there was so many other students of different colors and races and things like that, uh, different genders too. Um, and it, it was a, a breath of fresh air to see just that diversity, you know, number one. And number two, um, it was it was a very unique place where you actually get a chance to do stuff beside people and, 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 and learn from a teacher in front of you and then partner up and all these things. I've never done anything like that before. Um, and I've never, like done things where you have to repeat things so many times like uh, uh I, I found that really soothing and really like uh liberating um and then and then just yeah so that's that's what got me into into karate is my father um and i'm forever grateful uh you know for him for that because after that 20-week course um the instructor said well look our course is done but he says if your son is uh interested in training from our root club uh he can go to uh uh, the, the humble dojo right here in Toronto. So, um, yeah. And then I, I started my, my journey there, there, man. <laughs> and I, I never looked back, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that, uh, the racial tension, uh, so because my wife is half Thai, I'm obviously Polish foreigner in the UK and we've got two yeah. children. Um, how do you see that in Canada change, uh, when you had your daughter, is it all kind of, um, less visible? maybe more hidden or is it gone because I, i'm just wondering what to do with my children they are not obviously um so much uh chinese look like because my my wife's family is from thailand but they came from china so she's, yeah. <laughs> she's from everywhere um but I, I was thinking how did you manage that you know uh protecting your your child from yeah, that I'll, racial... hear that answer if you want I, i'll i'll start do you mind yeah 
Yeah, so like like Sienna, this is a good question. So first of all, uh, Sienna grew up Sienna grew up where we're living right now, um, and where we're living right now is uh, predominantly you know um, Caucasian, but uh, there's been a huge there's been a huge influx of Southeast Asian, Chinese, African American, all these kind of things. Um, but uh, I haven't really exposed uh, Sienna to too much. Uh, traditional culture and in a sense that, you know, we didn't put her in Chinese school. Uh, mm -hmm. She didn't, she, she hasn't taken any formal Chinese language training. Um, yeah. And, 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 but, but the thing is like, because of, because of the influx of race, uh, different types of races, um, I think there has been a, a dilution of, of like, uh, I do, how can I say people are used to now this mix of, of, of culture, but I, I, I see I'm in the school system, so I see I see everything and uh, racism hasn't gone away. It, it's never it's never left. Uh, there's been discrimination on all all grounds from from uh, socioeconomic to race to, uh, you know, uh, people with uh, special needs, special mm. challenges. There's all kinds of uh, racism and it's just people are just people are just mean, man. But um, because because there's so much like I could say an influx, uh, like Toronto, I, I don't know what the, what the percentage is, but Toronto has a huge chunk of Chinese, uh, population here. Yeah. What, um, what you're going to like, I'm the, I grew up, well, I was born in Montreal and then we moved to Toronto and what you, what you would notice if you come to Toronto now, you're going to see lots of pockets mm -hmm. of like, they're called ethnic ghettos. So where I, where I grew up mainly, there were a lot of Asian immigrants. So we, it wasn't like that before, but I grew up in a, yeah. And like people called it like Asian, Asian town, because it's just, you have one family come here, they like it. Then they have other relatives come here. And even now when we live in Stouffville, it started off being not very diverse, but mm -hmm. all it takes is one family to plop themselves in an area. They like it. Mm -hmm. Then they'll get friends and relatives to come. And then word of mouth, you're, you're going to notice different pockets. Like there's, we call it um, Portuguese town, Italy, like Italian town, like Greek town. different parts are like, oh, that's where say all the Jewish live. Like people mm. know if you tell them the streets, the kind of demographics mm -hmm. in that area. Because like I said, it takes one, one or two families to like it there. And then they, they settle down and then word of mouth, they're like, oh, that's a great place to live. Um, yeah. So even as teachers, you know, when you go to a school and you know where that the area, then you can predict what kind of students are coming into that school based on the community. But it, but yeah. as far as like I think to answer his question though, like oh. Sienna, like how how does Sienna cope with all the different? Uh, I don't know. Your your question is how how do we deal with Sienna coping with different races and things like that? Or like, so how she's how she's fitting it compared to what you have to you have come through? Oh, uh, well, we. Oh, I see. How is different now? She's very lucky in that way because the school system itself—they're very political, right? We—they're very opening. So you know, the teachers—they try to foster the all cultures matter and all that. So she's very lucky in the way because I don't think she senses any sort of yeah. And like yeah. The, the 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 type of uh, I I think indirectly and also directly, Sienna's exposed to diversity through us because we we have uh various friends of various cultures right mm -hmm. um even though you know we're we're a particular culture and so she sees that and and like i 
more so more so like for example like when when i when i have friends that come over here to the dojo and stuff we're we're a mixed bag of mm -hmm. cultures man and sienna gets to see all that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then when she was younger i would take sienna to 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 my coach's dojo and there was a mix of cultures there too so she would see it's it's just it's a natural thing for sienna to grow up to see that there's mix there's a mix mm -hmm. and and sienna i in my opinion in our opinion i i, I really don't think sienna sees sees a difference you know she just sees people for who they are you know and and um mm -hmm. and we we very much try and not try we we model that you know on a daily basis for her so you know people are people man she just as long as as long as she can laugh and uh you know as long as she can eat and play you know um she's happy <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 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 i think it's not so much the race or where people come from it's it's more the socioeconomic yeah. like where we live i think kids they're privileged right so she hasn't seen like I, I work in a school board where it's very different like i drive an hour away and i and i i see how much those like some of the students they're they're not gonna be pr as privileged mm -hmm. but she doesn't see that because she doesn't know any better right so if it's anything that she notices it's probably if she was to go to another school an hour away south of toronto she would realize how much how good she has it if that mm. makes any yeah it's like, more about social economic status yeah yeah because i'm thinking that for for our children it's gonna be easier just for a pure exposure because uh, i'm coming from the country who was under communist rules for a long long time so before i moved uh to uk i haven't seen the black person maybe you've seen two in the, within my 22 years of time because there's no 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 uh, black people in Poland, but there was a uh, quite a big community of uh, Vietnamese and Chinese. So, so that wasn't that much of a culture shock. But uh, seeing black people, you know, when my mom came in to UK first time to see me, we went to a shop and I could see that um, involuntarily she was going, oh, "There's a black person there." Oh, never seen it before, you know. So it's kind of uh, the exposure changes your perspective. So. Max being in a nursery with all the all the different um, races and nationalities, yeah. it, it helps a lot. I think that's important, man. You notice yeah. a different, yeah. When you, yeah. it's changed, but for the better, I would say. Yeah, like yeah. like I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, I I uh, let's see, three schools ago, two mm, three schools ago, uh, uh, we changed schools. Uh, we have a choice to change schools uh, whenever we want, right? Which is a nice thing about our job. But uh, anyway, three schools three schools ago. I uh, I taught in a Southeast Asian area where there was a lot of uh, Tamil and Sri Lankan Sri Lankan uh, culture, right? Uh, mixed in with Chinese, a very interesting mix, and it was cool to see because uh, they have no choice but to hang out with each other because that's that's <laughs> those are the only two cultures that lived in that area. So it was so cool. All the all the Chinese kids were would be sitting with the Indian kids. And they'd be trading lunches, and <laughs> the Chinese kids would eat eat the eat, eat the curry, and uh, the Indian kids would would eat the noodles and the fried and the pork and the vegetables and stuff, and they would love it, right? And they would swap lunches and stuff, and then um, oh, it, it was so cool to see, man. And then um, what's it uh, they they were they were listening to their to their uh, to their music whilst they're eating, and uh, you know, as a as a uh, uh, sometimes uh, some of my job uh, part of my job was um. I think a couple of times a week I had to do lunch duty. So I had to walk around the classroom just to make sure everybody's safe and cleaning up after themselves and stuff. And then I'd say, hey man, what, what are you listening to? And this, the Indian kids listening to Chinese music. 
And he's loving it, yeah. right? He's going, yeah, man, Mr. Hanson, check this out, right? And, and I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh uh, yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. I see what you mean, right? So so that cross mix of, of culture, I love to see that, man, because to me, that's like, there's no there's no uh, distinction, right? They, there's It's just a matter of, I want to get to know you better type of thing. And I appreciate it. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's it. And to me, that's the most simplistic thing that that I, I see to myself, I wish everyone can be like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Chris used to laugh at me. He used to go through my CD collection. He's like, what's this? It was like, uh, I had an Indian friend and uh, oh, she yeah, used to yeah. take me to, we call it Indian town, like in downtown Toronto. And she- Coxwell and Gerard. Yeah, I, she'd yeah. play all this Bollywood fusion music and I used to love it. So he used to be like, you listen to this? I go, yeah. Yeah. It's beats. She knows just, more about Indian music than me, man. It's all beats, right? Mm. And music is music. My right? parents are from India. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm asking, uh, I'm asking that question to all of my uh, guests. I'm going to start with Jen. Um, Jen, how the fitness uh, impacted or still impacts your mental health? Um. I think right off the bat, just any kind of exercising, any kind of movement you do just already puts you in a really good mood, right? The hormones and the endorphins that you get, it's it's like the runner's high. Um, and for myself personally, music has always been a constant. Whenever I do any kind of fitness, um, engage in any kind of fitness activity, music's always there. And to me, it's uplifting. It changes my mood, mm-hmm. helps me to concentrate. Um, and funny enough, when, when you're teaching a routine to the participants, the music is usually cued to, say, 160 beats per minute. So you're kind of relying on the, on the rhythm to guide your movement. And because of that, you're kind of in a trance. You're very, con- you're very focused, right, on moving at the right time, moving to the beat. Um, and I think in general, like, the discipline you need to be able to focus on your form and technique Mm-hmm. So something as simple as doing the plank or doing a push-up, um, if you stay focused and if you know how to do the right technique and form, it helps you to to concentrate. And um, I'm not saying you become a perfectionist, but I, I feel like whenever you're performing any kind of movement, it really helps you to to zone in on on, on your personal goals, right? Whether it's holding a plank properly for a minute, uh, being able to do... F- quantify like 40 push-ups a day uh in terms of mindfulness you have to have a goal and it helps you with the goal setting right being able to achieve those fitness uh, achievements so yeah so for mindfulness you're you're automatically in a better mood like i don't i don't think i've ever met anyone who says that they feel horrible after they work out (laughs) um number two uh again movement to music for me, it's very meditative. It's you're like in a trance. You're trying to move to the music. You're trying to transition from one from the one movement to another, guiding the participants, um, and being able to when you focus on your form and your technique, <clears throat> that helps you to concentrate and be able to help you develop your your own personal goals for fitness. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Chris, um, martial arts, karate. Your mental health, good or bad? Oh, very good. Yeah, I, it's it's medicine, man. Mm-hmm. I, I need it. I uh, I was forced to like it, and then I fell in love with it. So, um, to me, it's like I I uh, I become a very 
you can attest to that. If I don't train or whatever, I'm really moody, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's also um, it's also a great like displacement of frustration. Yeah. You know, you're gonna vent out rather than smashing a mirror and like taking it out on people. You, you know, you you, you move. You you take it out on the air. You take it out on your mental mental self. Yeah. I believe it's my turn right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just adding on. Because <laughs> you were saying moody. You're gonna you're gonna see a fight break out right now. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I, I really don't have much to say she said at all. Uh, but uh, now for me, it's the main thing is the main takeaway for for uh, is for karate is, is it's medicine for me. Um, I need it. Um, and it's one of those things that uh, you see direct feedback. You, you get direct feedback right away. Like um, like as you go through the movements, as you're training, as you're doing fitness and, uh, or whatever you're doing, uh, fitness related, physically, physical activity, you see direct feedback. Um, I feel better pretty much every time I train, um, I, it builds confidence and, uh, it, it helps me work out stuff in my mind. Like if I, um, oh man, martial arts during this COVID time was like my, I needed it, man. Mm. Um, I needed it bad because, uh, it, it helped me think through, you know, all these insecurities I had about, you know, the future, uh, what the future holds with, with this COVID thing. And, uh, it, it helped me work things out in my mind. And, uh, yeah, the whole music component too, just having training with music. I mean, that's 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 another piece of the medicine too, right? Um, and there's so much choice of, of, of music that you can pick based on your moods. It's it's great, man. So yeah, medicine, that's the key thing. Karate and music, karate and music. You're heading for uh, being uh, thrown from the karate church. You're breaking all the rules. All the rules. <laughs> Yeah, they don't play music. <laughs> yeah, I think I would break all the rules. Uh, because music is such a big thing in group fitness, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not in the background. It's 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 the fore. It's at the front of of everything. Hey, mu music makes you train better, man. Yeah. I, I perform. I perform so much better with music, and it's and it's mathematical too. Like, uh, you know, music music helps you develop your rhythm, man. Rhythm and timing. You know, I I spar better. After rounds of shadow boxing and training with my partners and stuff, my sparring is actually better uh, afterward. You know, yeah, I, I find. I know. It, yeah. it, was, it was kind of a bit of a shock for me when I first stepped into a wrestling gym, and then there was music going on all the time, and they've been training. It's so nice. I, I like it. You know, yeah. not, not traditional way, but hey ho. Um, Jen, I presume I'm guessing that in your house is the same as in our house. So my question is, how long it took you to get used to it, to Chris wandering around the house doing strange movements, going like this, I got this. <laughs> oh, oh, it took me, uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was like, for me, it was more, if I'm downstairs, he's upstairs, the thud, 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 like when he's doing those like, like kata or when he's doing any kind of the, the, the stomping of the feet. I'm like, oh, there he goes again. There he goes again. <laughs> oh yeah, one time, the wooden dummy. He'd be doing it early in the morning, and I could hear him. So I'd have to like phone him or like yell down and go, keep it down, because it's like a very loud chopping yeah. noise, right? Um, now I'm so used to it. I just block it out, or sometimes I to catch him off guard, or turn around, and I just or just start resisting like trying to do whatever he's doing just to just to joke around or just to get out get back at him <laughs> but you know what man i gotta say something jen jen gave me tons of ideas for my bunkai because she would 
like she doesn't know much about the martial arts, right? So I would do some movements and she's going, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. Like what if somebody does this? What if somebody just shoves you? What if, what if somebody just steps back mm. away from, 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 from your hand? Like it, how are you going to deal with that? Right? So I'm going, Oh my goodness, this is common sense. Right? Mm. It is great, it's great yeah. to have that information yeah. outside of yeah. our bubble, isn't it? Sorry? It's great to have information from out of our bubble because we can <laughs> locked in in that karate mentality and somebody comes in. Yeah. Normal, normal people don't do things like that. Yeah, they don't. It's funny. Like like I said, our, taking something out of the fridge or turn around and he'll be like, his opening line is always, can I bore you for a minute? Or can you just put your hand right here? Can you just turn this way? And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Like, I just, I just want to relax. <laughs> <laughs> so at the other side, we're gonna reverse that. Chris, how long it take you? It took you to uh, be comfortable to do those weird movements in front of Jen? Because me, for with my first girlfriend, it was like uh, I only really want to do that, but uh, I'm kind of I'm gonna be looking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's a good question, man. I don't remember um, him. Yeah. Hmm. He just started know. doing it. He just started. Oh, I think when I remember, remember uh, when we were, we were dating and then I just kind of grabbed your hand and I, and I oh, was trying to. Yeah. yeah. One time when I first met him, he was trying, I was trying to understand more about him. And then he used to say, oh, I teach self-defense to these, to these people. And I said, oh, really? I, I had no clue. And then he was trying to show me a move and he grabbed my wrist and he was trying to explain to me how that how thing, the things worked, and I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> then I was a keeper, right? Yeah. <laughs> I My response was just run away, just escape, just run <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know, I'd say, I'd say like, uh, Not long. I'd say a couple of months, a couple of months in, yeah, then, then, because then, you know, because it's, it's so much a part of me that I, I can't, I can't, I can't suppress it. So it's just there. Like even, even like when I, when I used to live with my parents, like I would get my grandma, if she was alive, she, she'd tell you this. She, I'd get my grandma, she's cooking in the kitchen, man. And uh, I go, Nana, Nana, I can't, I call her Nana. I go, Nana, can you put your pots down for a second? Can I just borrow you for a second? Oh yes. Yeah. And she, she would, uh, but she got so used to the routine. She goes, she goes, Chris, uh, do you want my left leg for it? Or do you want my right leg for it? She goes, right? Yeah. She goes, how do you want my hands? Do you want my hands up or do you want my hands down? I go, oh, I love you, Nana. <laughs> this is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so she, she, she never said stop, stop that silly thing with karate, go for Wing Chun. Right. The one thing, though, that I, I found it took a while is he always says, don't worry, I'm going to go light. I'm going to go light. I go, no, no, your light is my is my is my heavy i go ease up ease up and he's always like i'm going light i'm going light. i'm like no you're not no you're not so it took a while for me to get used to just anyone trying it on me because i'm not used to defending myself or you know so for him a block or whatever seemed like very light pressure but to me i was like you're gonna bruise me you're gonna bruise me <laughs> so yeah that that took a while to get used yeah, but to now now you're training with me now I keep saying you still have to go light because sometimes I think he forgets that I'm not in the, I'm not like everyone else, you know? Yeah. So I want her to say in front of the world here. So now that you've, now that you've come across our world 
and you're starting to train now. She's she's on. I'm working her towards a yellow belt, right? Cool. She's uh, she she tries to put in the time when she can. What do you think about martial arts now? Yeah, you you got to be strong and fit, and you technique. I I'm just I admire how technical you have to be, because you know if you have the wrong angle, like I realize my imbalances with my ankle even. When he was trying to show me how to kick, I would naturally lean to one side because I have a weaker ankle. And if I don't fix that, it's going to ruin every everything. Like he says, if I don't fix that angle or the way I lift up my knee, I'm not. it's going to affect the other kicks that I do in the future. So now I'm, I've recognized my weaknesses and I don't know what I need to work on in terms of balance. Uh, it's it's hard. How, how do you feel when you do, when you do the drills? Like... Uh... I feel... Yeah. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, but I admire just the technicalities and just you have to do those drills over and over again to be able to perfect it. Yeah. yeah. So I can see why mindfulness wise, you, you've got to be very disciplined. Yeah. So reversing now, as he pushed you towards answering about the uh, questions about martial arts, how do you see the people from martial arts you've seen with Chris training? from their fitness point of view. Because I'm noticing a lot of people have a very poor uh, teaching martial arts or doing martial arts, have no interest in anatomy and physiology. I'm guessing you as a PT and fitness instructor, that's kind of the area you like. How that uh, the human's body ability and understanding transfer to martial artists? Are they more aware of it than the fitness people or fitness people are ahead Oh, uh, well, because I'm lucky enough to know Chris, I find that when he teaches a skill or a technique, he, he is aware of the joints and the leverage that you need and even math, like the angles you need to be doing. Like I, I've, I've heard him a few times when he's, um, you know, doing a video and he's trying to explain a strike or a stance. I notice he does use a lot of, he does talk about angles and different joints and all that. So he's, he's a person that I, that I follow the most, right? So I would say it's around the same. In terms of martial artists, I think they do have a, a high level of knowledge with, you know, the basic anatomy and physiology. Yeah. I mean, I only know the basics too. So for us, it's more the, the how the heart move, how the heart responds to exercise. Whereas for them, because it's so technical, I think, I think they do talk a lot about the joints and, and the angles that you have to be in and your stance. So I would say it's the same. If anything, more. Martial artists probably know more. More physics. I think so, yeah. More physics. Naturally, they need to. Like, I'm looking at a poster right now, karate striking points. Mm -hmm. And they've already, they label on the poster all the, the different pressure points, right? Yeah. We, as fitness instructors, we don't really need to know to that extent. It's more, okay, are you using the, are you, which are you using your biceps, your triceps, your opposite muscle pair groups, yeah. Hmm. Different perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Jen, Chris comes up with all those ideas, which are mostly good. <laughs> um, are you his? Are you his filter? Are you filtering his ideas? Uh, that's a not not a great idea. That's a super idea. Because my wife is my filter. Because I come up with some random stuff, and and, and she got a pretty good feel that nah, don't do that. That's gonna be just. Yeah. You do my writing and also with my um, yeah. when he shows me uh, because I trust him and because I, I, 
I, I know he knows what he's doing. I usually, most of the time I'm like, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, what's the difference between this and that? Like, you just call it something different. Or sometimes I just might challenge him by asking him, like, whether it really is different. Like, to me, it looks the same. Mm-hmm. For me, I find that you have to be very coordinated to understand the language of martial arts. Yeah. He's very coordinated. I'm not, I don't find myself as coordinated. So sometimes he has to walk me through everything very slowly. And only then am I able to point out mm-hmm. maybe some weakness, like some gaps in what he's doing. Um, but for the most part, I don't think I usually challenge you too much. When it, well, if, so, if, if there's like, if there's something I want you to look at, like that article I wrote, you, you looked at it. Oh, right? yeah. Um, and then yeah. a couple of videos I passed by you. you know, yeah, actually, if you know, it's anything. Technical stuff, too. Yeah. Colors, um, sound. Yeah. I think because martial arts and fitness, they are similar, but at the same time, they are a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I have some music background with learning piano. So we talked a lot about how the kata is very similar to the musical scales that we learn in piano. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we we talk about analogies, like for me to understand where he's coming from, I have to think of the analogies, you know, to do with fitness or in music. So um, I know that we had, we've had a lot of discussions mm-hmm. and it's not really me telling him that he's wrong or that he's a little off. It's more like, oh, I get what you mean because we're be comparing it to, to things that I know a lot more about. And here, you know, like I said, it's mm-hmm. just more finding comparisons and making looking for the similarities and what he has to say and, and what what I know and sometimes it's limited right so yeah like I, I a few weeks ago I, I made a flow drill video um with Ken and um I, I used uh, Jen um to uh, in the background to play the piano to, to make a point that uh, I wanted to tie the idea that flow drills and kata for example um are very similar to music musical notes and Jen and I Jen and I had a long talk about that. Like, uh, if you, you can explain, like, maybe how... Yeah, because his knowledge of music was limited. I had to explain, like, how scale, scales are. And when he was writing out the sentences, yeah, I had to kind of change things because it it wasn't accurate. Like, people who know music would think he doesn't know what he's talking about. So yeah. I think, in a way, we, we have discussions. And sometimes I just kind of challenge him a little bit because I, he he doesn't because his knowledge in music is limited, uh, I need, sometimes I need him to reconsider what he's going to say so that he doesn't look like he doesn't know anything. Yeah, but what, if that what makes was, any sense. What, <laughs> for trying music, to save me, yeah. He, uh, he only went up to grade three piano, so. Grade two, actually. Grade two, yeah. So. He's too, too great ahead of me, so. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, what was cool is like, uh, you know, we came to the common understanding that the kata is like, the, is like notes. And from those things, you know, you know, we practice kata over and over again, but that's kind of like you're saying, practicing the scales and the key signatures, right? Yeah, I was trying yeah. to explain to him that key signatures play a very big role because for every scale, there's different sharps and flats for each scale when you're playing in a key. So it's sort of like, I was trying to explain to him that when you're doing like different flow drills, if you, if you alter them or vary them in a way, then it's similar to playing different scales. Yeah. Because every scale has different sharps and flats. Okay, I, th- I think you'll work on it, work on it. 
Because I don't want to kill you to hear about No, but the, it's just like like the the musical notes. The the fact that you can play around with it, you make music. Mm. And so the fact that you can play around with your kata and you come up with different applications, it's the same thing. Yeah, you can create yeah. different melodies in the same yeah. key yeah. in music. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we 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 talk a lot about analogies. Great stuff. Well, it, it works. You, you know, Chris puts a lot of uh, good content, so it works. If get a supporter like you, can't go wrong. Uh, so, Chris, where are you getting your uh, ideas from? I was talking for, with my friend. Uh, she's a calligraphy master, and her ideas comes the most under shower or during a sleep. Where are you getting your ideas from, and when? You mean from for training or for my channel? For training, for channel, whatever, whatever, whatever sparked the great idea in your head. It, uh, I can't really put a put a finger on it because it happens organically. Uh, mm. Sometimes I, sometimes I'm I'm in a grocery store and I'm waiting in line, and uh, you know I'm kind of bored and I'm holding on to a, a bag or something and I'm just moving and then I drop the bag and then just when I see the way that the bag drops, it just kind of makes me think of a movement that I got to train in my dojo or, or like, for example, lately, okay. I, I've been spending a lot of time here in the dojo. Um, when Jen and, and Sienna are asleep, um, I don't have any music on. I'm just here and I'm just sitting down or lying down on the mats over here. And my mind is racing, you know, and I'm thinking about angles. I'm thinking about movement. Uh, I'm thinking about, and then, and then I just have to get up. I have to do it because I'm anxious. It's 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 bothering me, you know. So so then I just start moving, and then then I hit something, and then I I'll go to the bags uh, over here, and and I'll, I'll try something out, and then uh, then I'll film it, or then I'll write it down. You know what I mean? And, and just it just happens like that. Um, or you know, um, it depends who I'm talking to. Like uh, you know, like um, if I'm talking to my martial art friends or whatever, ideas come up come really quickly because we're talking about the same ideas. You know what I mean? Um, and we're we're kind of critiquing each other so yeah just I, I can't put a finger on it it just it just happens but um uh if i'm taking a shower yeah that's that that too i'm taking a shower and i'm thinking you know i'm if i as i'm rinsing i'm i'm hitting the water you know <laughs> and i'm just kind of as the water's coming down and i'm moving i'm trying to get the soap off and i'm just moving and trying to <laughs> it's crazy man <laughs> the things we think you know or uh or oh, another thing uh i'm I'm. Uh, I just put my food in the microwave, and I'm waiting, right? Mm. And as I'm waiting, I'm 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 kicking the fridge, or or uh, like I swear I'll take a photo. If you take a look at the fridge, there's dent marks all throughout the fridge because because uh, of my knuckles or my my feet or my elbows. Sometimes I come a little close to it, you know. And I'm trying to. I do these crazy things where I'm trying to like. Uh, I'm trying to like, trying to come really close to it, and and trying to miss it at a different angle. Just so I can practice my control, but then I end up hitting it and I make a dent in the fridge, man. But but then I'm thinking about these ideas, so I go back to the dojo and I start practicing it. So yeah, it's a it's random. I can't put a finger on it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Jen, what's the most annoying thing except the dent in the uh, fridge? What he does? Oh, well, like I said, the the thudding upstairs because we have hardwood <laughs> floors, so it's like a boom 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 and then we won't hear anything and it, it just like it'd be when i'm putting sienna to bed my daughter to bed and then we're like what's that noise i'm like ah it's dad or um 
or see him brushing his teeth. And he'd be looking at himself in the mirror and then he'd be doing this again. And <laughs> so I, I just walk away and let him do his thing. <laughs> oh, listen. We um, are a group. <laughs> uh, so a question to you both, but I will need a um, female perspective on it. So we, in my club, we're doing a lot of inclusion. We try to bring everybody in. I know that you are open to that idea as well. Um, what are your thoughts, Chris, about the lack of female instructors, the, the top instructors in, in karate world? And Jen, why do you think that happening, that there is no, uh, not a lot female instructors? Yeah. Um... Well, first of all, I, I think there needs to be, um, and I'm not too sure why. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I know there's, I, I don't want to say anything that's detrimental, right? But uh, like, I have, I'm just going to say the facts. I haven't seen too many high, high caliber um, martial arts that are female um, in, in, our, in our world. I just haven't, you know? Um, I see them. I see them in the sports world. I see them in. I see them in uh, in MMA and combat sports. But of course, not not as much as not as much as uh, um, not as much as karate, right? And so I, I question. You know, what, why is it that I, you see more in the in the combat sport world, but you see less in karate, right? And I'm thinking. I'm thinking the reason for that is the. I hate to say it, the lack of challenge, right? Like what, when I see, like, because I've spoken to, I've spoken to some competitive, uh, competitive um, uh, combat sport players in, in that are female, yeah. and they're telling me that uh, karate doesn't give them much of a challenge. Combat sport does, right? Um, so that's one, one, one. That's one piece of the puzzle. But I wish there was more in in, in the karate world, be, simply because they would be able to make more modifications for the female better than we would mm. because they know the body better. Right. <laughs> you know, and like, I, I'm always, I'm always second guessing. Like I, that one of the, one of my fears in, in, I wouldn't say fear. It's a weakness is teaching women and teaching kids because I, I, uh, I just don't, I'm not comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't be their best, their best go-to person. Whereas if, a, if, a if a woman was teaching self-defense or a woman was teaching martial arts, they would just simply by, by nature, they would know the changes to make, you know, uh, especially if she's a high caliber instructor, the changes to make on the, on the fly, you know, for, for a female anatomy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, I would, I would eventually get there through lots of trial and error, but I mean, I'm just saying um, we need more females, man. And, and just to also, uh, females teach differently. They, they teach differently than males, right? Um, I, I find they, there is a, a, a level of meticulousness of detail, right? That that's, uh, missing, uh, you know, like, I, I guess I, I can't, I can't say, I can't, I can't speak for everyone because I know some, some male instructors that are very detail oriented. Me personally, I, I, I I'm very in particular, uh, about details, but, um, Females, females. I, I mean, I think naturally they're very detail oriented. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why I don't see that in the martial art world. I, 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 it's hard yeah. to see. 
I can only speak from my perspective. It starts off when you're young. Like, mm -hmm. I'll be truthful. Like, the interest. I don't think there is any in, as much interest because from, from when girls are young, we're taught that fitness will make you look better, right? You know, you lose calories and fitness is like, fitness versus martial arts, like dance. Like, we send our daughter to dance. We don't send her so to martial arts. Cultural thing. Yeah, like we weren't Karate Kid. Th that's mm. the one movie I remember, and it's a male, male character, right? Mm. So you know, back from when you're young, I don't think girls are exposed to that kind of world. I wasn't for sure. Mm. I if I never met Chris, I don't think I would have even watched. I wouldn't have not learned so much about Bruce Lee, just because of the way my life. Like my parents didn't tell me anything about karate. I didn't really know much about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of girls are not, yeah. yeah, like I said, dance, figure skating, swimming, those seem to be the common things that girls are exposed to. Soccer, yeah. I think also there's a, there's a, there's an aversion to violence too. Like, I mean, just speaking about our daughter, you know, um, I would, uh, I would watch say a UFC fight online or a boxing fight or whatever. And Sienna's right beside me. And, uh, and I go, I go look at her and I go, Sienna, um, what do you think? She's going, that's cool. And I go, but uh, would you want to do it? She's going, no. And I go, why? She goes, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And like so. I said, it seems like a lot of women, though, head into fitness. Because mm. they feel stronger when they can lift weights. It's safer, too. They look better when they can work yeah. on their body composition. It's just... If you're gonna pick one or the other, but a lot of it is also exposure, right? Mm. Usually yeah. it's like, oh, which gym do you go to? Or what class are you gonna take? But it's not like, oh, what belt are you on? Like I, that that talk never really existed in my family. And I'm assuming a lot of girls don't, if their parents were not exposed to karate, then our chances are pretty low too, right? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Chris, um Changing the subject a little bit, um, what is, how to say it, um, uh, I kind of know the answer, but people who listen might not know the answer. Um, which methodology you cho choose? Are you on the traditional method side or searching for the newest uh, scientific methodology of training? Well, the thing is, <laughs> It's it's funny. It, it 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 comes down to the to the to the semantics of what tradition is, you know. Um, I mean, I I I'm always learning, and and you know, I used to think what a lot of people would think that tradition equals old, but the more you delve into into the history, you you begin to see that that these masters that were supposedly traditional they were doing the best they can given that time frame and given the technology they had, right? So for, for example, like I'm, I'm just digressing here, but uh, I talked about this in, in my social media. And also I think we've talked about this. I, I can't remember, but uh, Nagamini, Shoshi Nagamini, he's the founder of Matsubayashi Ru. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, um, he's in our lineage of, of uh, Shoin Ru. He actually, uh, he actually oversaw my, uh, my, my, certif my certificate for my first band. But uh, anyway, um, he wrote in his book, he said, uh, he said that, uh, you know, in, in order to, in order to uh, gain more endurance, uh, flexibility and mobility in, in, your, in your stance work, for example, 
he says we need to turn to other avenues. For example, we need to look at wrestlers, boxers, Aikido guys, judokas, kendo practitioners. And if you take a look at these arts, they are fluid, they're dynamic, they're aggressive, they're, they, they build endurance in, in their legs, and there's fast twitch, and there's ang angles, right? And he says, you need to cross-train in these arts, right? So this type of progressive thinking was, was done by a man who, who, was, who was born in the 1800s and, and died in, in, the, in the later 19, uh, uh, later, later uh, mid, mid, uh, mid 1900s, I think, mm -hmm. right? Um, traditional, right? But he's thinking what he, he's, he's thinking ahead. He's progressive in his thinking. If, if we were to transplant him now into, into our world and give him a cell phone, for example, or, or, or a, a Wi-Fi uh, signal, he would be he would be just as good and in, in, in fact even better than what we're doing now. The point is the point is like to answer your question. Yes, I, I am traditional, uh, and I'm also looking for the best solution given what we have now. And I'm always researching. And what I what I've learned what I've learned when I was a kid is always changing. Uh, I mean, it's changing weekly, bro. You know, I, I, if I can turn the camera around, you're gonna see notes all over my mirror. I've written notes of things I do. I, 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 I track stuff down. I take profuse notes. I'm always talking to people, going to different seminars, checking, checking uh, stuff out on video. I mean, these master guys would do the same. So uh, I think traditional and modern methods, the only difference I'd say is, is technology. Mm. But, 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 the, but the way we're thinking and the way, the way we're thinking now, we're always trying to you know, get better. Um, but we can get better faster now, I think. I think this is the best age for martial arts, man. The best age people need to tap into all this amazing technology um, and resources. Like, it's not just what we say or what we write down. It's digital. It's audio. It's everything, you know? Such an amazing place, amazing time for martial art growth. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but... <laughs> yes, you did. Um, yeah. I, I, from my point of view, I think that the tradition is uh, used as an excuse uh, a lot of times uh, so you know I, 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 we do it that way because it's traditional there's no scientific background or it is just now I want to do it like that and I feel traditional but traditional we're not changing it uh, okay very last question uh, what are the future actually two more questions what are the future plans and projects for both of you and now you're involved in karate gen uh, you're gonna be included in more uh, application videos and stuff like that. For yeah, in the videos, you'll be. Oh videos. well, <laughs> I, I'm like I said. I I need if he approves. If I'm good enough to be able to be his student, then I feel more confident. Yeah. Right now, you I need to practice more. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel very. I know my weaknesses, like I said, and I'm gonna have to work on it. But I'm I'm kind of honored that he actually would consider me because I. He's got pretty high standards. He's really tough on me too. <laughs> That's good. He's really tough on me. I know he wouldn't be like that with anyone else, but with me, he's extra tough. But hey, it's good, right? Tough love. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's funny that we can teach um, strangers with passion and and compassion, but when it comes to the members of the family, <laughs> it's at the, the higher level, higher yeah. level is on. No, you're not good enough here. <laughs> you have to try harder. It's very strange. I've got the same with my wife and my son. Um, very bizarre. Chris, 
uh, and actually Jen as well, please let us know when people can find you for fitness sessions and for your trainings. And I put that in the comments and uh, links to it. Uh, who wanna go first? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for me it's a uh, Karate Unity, um, and you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, and my email is karateunity um, at gmail dot com. Yeah. Okay. And I, oh, I have a website too, karateunity.ca. Yeah. I'm a little bit more shy on social media. Um, I actually, I'm more of a local. I, I just teach out of a community center and uh, my courses. I It's just my, my personal email account. But uh, yeah, for now, I, I just. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. If you have other questions to Jen, hit uh, Chris and he's going to pass the message. Um, guys, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And um, I hope to speak with you soon. Uh, thanks, Les. Thank it was you, an Les. honor. It was an honor. Thank you for chatting with us. Yeah. Good, great questions. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah.